Next answer is from Seth, and he said, I'm preparing by not setting any expectations for myself. (laughs) You're tuned into the GoCast podcast, your one-stop shop for updates, news, tips, and community in the world of Pokemon Go. Thank you for listening. Go Beyond is now released globally, much to the delight of Plus Ultras everywhere. Can you get the door? It looks like Kalos is here. It's time to reflect a little through the lens of the December community days. Team voicemail shows up strong this week. And more on this episode of GoCast. Hello and welcome to the GoCast podcast, episode 121. It's December 1st, yet another Tuesday evening. I'm your host, Chris, and with me, as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Kyle. Hiya. Hey, Kyle. What's going on, man? A lot. A lot is yeah. going on. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Can't fault you for saying that. No, no, sir. Uh, yeah, we got a jam-packed episode this week. I'm very excited to dig into it. But first, shout out to one of our existing patrons who increased their pledge. Justin, thank you so very much. Appreciate your increased confidence in the things we do here and the community that we are blessed with as well. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right, Kyle, we set some goals last week, and I think that you and I are feeling pretty good this week, actually, about these goals. Let's let's see. Let's see. Let's see. see. All right. So, Kyle, you had set four goals for yourself because I separated one that I think you set as one, but I made it into two just to make it fun. Okay. So you wanted to catch at least one shiny female Nidoran? No. Oh. I got one shiny male Nidoran, and that's it. Just the one. Just, just the, the one. one. Oh my gosh, you did the whole thing? I did the whole thing. Got the, oh. the text at the end on my list of field research and everything. Oh my gosh. Oh, by the way, we should probably say we're talking about the, the Nidoran research day that happened this past weekend. That's what we're talking about. Um, okay, but what about a Mesprit? Did you catch one of those? I did. All right. What about an Uxie? I did. Nice. Nice. Several of both. All righty. What about 200,000 Stardust? Yeah, definitely did. That. Yeah. Okay. Hey. Three out of four. Good for you. <laughs> Killed it. Um, I wanted to end up with my first goal was uh, end up with at least three of each Nidoran at the end of the day. And I'm actually plus one female Nidoran now. So I am I did that. Very thrilled with that. I ended up catching four shinies that day. Two of each. So holla for Adala. Uh-huh. Hey, you know, I always uh, I, I excel at research days. So <laughs> that was a good one. Ooksie did do that. Caught one. 61 million experience. I'm at 61.2, baby. <laughs> hey, yeah, yeah. And 300,000 Stardust. I did that because I played quite a bit this week. I love this game. I do. <laughs> and I like I like seeing new life being breathed into this game. I think it's exceptional. Um, and I'm really excited to talk about even more stuff that's that, that's been dropped since last week. But that's I'm I'm spoiling the episode. That's pretty much what the episode is all about, especially the news section. It's going to be a bunch of news stuff. And I'm jazzed. Kyle, are you excited on a scale of one to ten? I am probably like an eight and a half. Ah, you know what? That's like a 13 in Kyle world. I'll take it. <laughs> I will take it. And without further ado, why don't we dive into the news? Hey, what's going on? It's the news. And the first piece is the season of celebration starts now. Now, we mentioned this, I believe, last week, but we didn't have all the details. So here we go. 
Trainers, as the world outside rotates through winter, spring, summer, and autumn, the world of Pokemon Go will change with the seasons. We're excited to announce that the first Pokemon Go season has begun, the season of celebration. So when we were talking about the seasons stuff, this is the first one that's happening. When is this happening? The season of celebration will run from Tuesday, December 1st, that's today, at 8 a.m. to Monday, March 1st at 8 a.m. local time. Here's a look at what you can expect from this season. Facets include different than features. I know. During the season, you can expect to participate in a series of in-game events celebrating different regions of the Pokemon world, including Kanto, Johto, Hoenn, Sinnoh, Unova, and Kalos. Ooh, Kalos. During this season, trainers can expect to see different Pokemon in the wild more often. In addition, you can expect to see different Pokemon appearing in the wild, depending on which hemisphere you're in. We saw some of those rotations today. I believe Heatmore and Durant got rotated today. Yep. Which is exciting. Yes. If you didn't shiny hunt the other one at GoFest, now is your opportunity. Different Pokemon will be hatching from eggs. Growlithe and Wingle will be hatching from 2k eggs. And Baltoy and Ducklet will be hatching from 5k eggs. Shinx will be hatching from the 5km eggs you receive from Adventure Sync rewards instead of Ducklet. Seal, Aeron, and LGM will no longer be hatching from eggs. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Additionally, Pokemon appearing more often in the Northern Hemisphere this season include Alolan Sandshrew, Alolan Vulpix, Seal, Lapras, Teddy Ursa, Winterform Deerling, and more. Have you caught your Winterform Deerling yet, Kyle? I have not. I have not seen one, like, even on my nearby yet. It's just brown. Just Bambi colored. Yeah, but the evolution, the Sawsbuck is so good. It's beautiful. Yeah, hard to argue that. Pokemon appearing more often in the Southern Hemisphere this season include Growlithe, Shuckle, Electrike, Burmy, Dowermaka, Summerform Deerling, and more. Mega Charizard X, Mega Gengar, and Mega Obama Snow will be the only Pokemon appearing in Mega Raids throughout December. Different Mega Evolved Pokemon will be appearing in Mega Raids in the new year, so keep a lookout. Interesting. So they really parred it down. Only three right now. And one of them is the new Obama Snow. Not sure how I feel about that, but uh, I don't know. Yeah, it does seem a little bit uh, sudden to just take away all of them. I kind of liked what they were going with when they brought Gengar and take one out, put one in sort of thing. But yeah, that's interesting. They condensed it down real quick there, didn't they? Uh, Mega Charizard X will be more powerful during the first half of December. Other Mega Evolve Pokemon may become more powerful at different times throughout the season of celebration. So stay tuned for updates. Now, that's interesting. I'd love to see what the exact numbers are on that, though. Yeah, I actually haven't heard anything being talked about like on the Silk Road or anything about the numbers for Mega Charizard X. It's only been one day. It's been less than a day since uh since And nobody likes the Mega Evolve things, so there's not gonna be any data anyways. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Like the uses of it aren't in a venue where people are really motivated to figure it out right away. <laughs> so there you go. Um and other events more coming soon, even more fun winter and holiday themed events will be tap tap tapping their way toward you soon. Stay tuned for details. And then additionally, Kyle found this really helpful list about a phenomena that was not mentioned anywhere. Kyle, I don't know. Do you want to do the honors? This is actually kind of exciting. It is. And I've been asking for it forever. But some Pokemon have a different Stardust reward now. It's a not a very long list. So I'm just going to go through it real quickly here. Paris and Parasect. Meowth, Alola Meowth, and... Persian and Alolan Persian, Shelder and Cloyster, Staryu and Starmie, Delibird, yes. Shroomish and Breloom, Sableye, 
Combi and Vespaquin, Trubbish and Garbador, <laughs> and Fungus and Amoongus. <laughs> oh, I get it. Oh, just kidding. You, you get it? You, you finally no, get it? I'm just kidding. I got <laughs> Did you know they made a Pokemon based on Among Us? Uh, <laughs> who says that? No, don't don't even. If somebody says that, don't even give him an ironic laugh. Just let it sit. <laughs> uh uh-uh. uh. But some people out there are probably like, wait, but why these Pokemon? That doesn't make any sense. Why just seems random. All of these Pokemon in the main series games, with two exceptions, can come holding an item that is worth money. So it's worth Poke coins if you take it off and you sell it at a Pokemart. Shelder can have like a big pearl. Meowth can have a, a coin. Garbodor and Trubbish can apparently have a nugget, which is kind of funny. And so they're kind of reflected in their Stardust bonus now, which is pretty great. Not going to lie. Is the Trubbish thing and Garbodor thing a play on another man's trash is another man's treasure? Maybe. Or maybe it's just like garbage picking. You just you find something worthwhile in the trash. <sighs> I'm going to go the poetry route. I don't I don't that's, believe it. I don't believe it. Or whatever it. that's called. Yeah. <laughs> but the most notable one is Shelter and Cloister. I, yes. I mean, they have the highest values. Yeah, Shelder's worth 900 Stardust now, and Cloister's worth 1,100, and that's before weather boosting and a star piece. So, expect Shelder to no longer nest anywhere. Oh, probably. Oh, could <laughs> you imagine? Oh, my gosh. But we get a lot of Shelder out here in this biome, so that's not too bad for us. We, we get an okay amount of Shelder. That's fair. We get Shelder, though. We get Shelder. That's yes. what I'm trying to say. Uh-huh. So, this is exciting. They need to raise how much Stardust now Chimeco gives. <laughs> It needs to be worth like 2000 or something. Yeah, in Audino as well, I think. Yeah, whatever. Audino, I still don't get why it's worth 1000 anyways, but... Well, uh, I think that, yeah, that's an incredible twist. Who would have expected this? It's welcome, for sure. But I'm also surprised that they didn't make a big deal out of it or mention it at all. Right? That's the part that got me. Yeah. Well, regardless, that's incredibly exciting, and I think that's just good news for everybody. So, Yahoo! But we got more news to go here. Well, if you're a battler... You already know what's coming up next. Yes, Go Battle League Season 6. DeFi and Fish are going to be doing a deep dive on this, but we're going to cover the basic announcement right here in the news section. So it begins with trainers. As previously mentioned, the introduction of seasons also brings exciting changes to the Go Battle League. The Go Battle League will expand from 10 to 24 ranks, much to Kyle's chagrin. And the top four ranks will have all new names and corresponding badges. The expanded ranks will be accompanied by a totally new reward structure, which gives trainers more opportunities to earn exclusive rewards through ranking up. You can expect the Go Battle League rewards to be tied to the theme of the current season, too. Go Battle League seasons will occur in tandem with the overarching seasons and will rotate formats over the next over the same three month period. Season six of the Go Battle League will take place during the season of celebration, which is now. So it's already started. What's new in season six? Well, There are some notable changes coming to the Go Battle League for Season 6. Number of ranks have been increased from 10 to 24. Where have I heard that before? Several times in this article before this. That's where. You'll progress through ranks 1 to 20 by participating in battles and securing wins. You can achieve the top 4 ranks by reaching a certain rating. Ace is at 2,000 rating. Veteran is at 2,500 rating. Experts at 2,750. And Legend is at a cool 3,000. The rank reward system has been updated. The following ranks will be unique in terms of how players progress through them and the rewards granted on the rewards tracks. 
Once you reach these ranks, you'll need to only complete one set of battles to progress to the next rank. Rank five, the rewards will be mystery items. That really clears it up. Thank you. (laughs) The first thing it says to mystery. I saw someone claiming them and it was actually mystery. It was like they got like two charge TMs, a Sinnoh stone, a Unova stone, and then something else. I mean, that's great. It's just so funny. They're like, here's exactly what you get. The first one's a mystery. (laughs) It's not fixed mystery items. It's the random item reward that is usually on the reward track. Oh, that that makes sense. How the reward track is usually Stardust, mystery item, rare candy, Stardust, Pokemon encounter type thing. Yes. It's just only mystery items for all five rewards. That makes sense. Also, bummer. <laughs> yes, agreed. agreed. But I suppose that's rank five, so there you go. For rank 10, the rewards will be Stardust. Okay, I guess I'll just stay there. Uh, rank 15, the rewards will be Rare Candies. Okay, I'm reconsidering my statements. Rank 19, the rewards will be Pokemon Encounters. Okay, good deal. I'm pretty sure this is a one-time thing each time you reach the rank. It's not something you can farm or repeatedly do. So when you reach rank 10, your first set after that will be all stardust and then when you complete a set you will go to rank 11 every time interesting so it's the wording so it's like a it's like a reward set it's like a victory lap almost that's how i'm reading it at least okay well i can't wait until we're we're corrected in some way because i i like the sound of that but it's too good to be true no uh enjoy additional stardust bonuses for a limited time during the master league it's premier cup master league classic and holiday cup from Monday, December 28th at 1 p.m. to Monday, January 4th at 1 p.m. PST, you'll earn twice the Stardust for winning battles and completing battle sets. I'm there for that. I got to do that. But I guess it's going to be just Holiday Cup because I don't want to do Master Yeah, League. it's Master Cup. I'm like, they're doing this because they have seen the numbers and nobody is doing Master Cup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Hey, there are plenty of people, like since we've started talking about the leagues rather frequently on the show and mentioning that neither you or I are a fan of Master League and we don't think a lot of people play it, there are some people that do and they're like super into it. I'm I'm but sure. I still I'm, think I'm it's sure. a minority. It's an extraordinary minority. I guarantee the majority of people who play during Go Battle League do it during Great League Week. Yes, yes. And and a little bit on, on Ultra, too. I yeah, I, I would give bit. Ultra more credit than I have historically, but Master League, I think, is still by, by and large the smallest group. By and small, the smallest group. <laughs> uh, you won't want to miss these season six rewards. The Pikachu Libre avatar items will be a reward for trainers who reach rank 10. Trainers who reach legend rank will earn avatar items and a pose inspired by N, who made his first appearance in Pokemon Black version and Pokemon White version. We'll have a, a picture in the link in the show notes here that you can take a look at. It's pretty great, especially if you know who the character is. It's pretty great. The Pokemon you'll encounter will be inspired by N's seasonal teams in Pokemon Black version and Pokemon White version. Additionally, players who reach rank 20 can encounter the legendary Pokemon that is available to battle in five star raids at that time. Awesome. Cool, cool, cool. What's wrong? I don't like that. Why? What's wrong? Uh, It means that you need to get to rank 20 to be able to get a legendary reward for Go Battle League. Yeah, that's true. We we literally just talked about how the whole point of separating the ranks is so that people don't cluster up at a certain point. And if it works, that means that rank 20 is going to end up being like probably the top 10 or 15% of PVPers. Well, if all you need to do is complete sets and win some battles in order to get to rank 10 and then rating counts, then I suppose you're right. That's the new bottleneck. It just I I get it. 
they clearly do not want legendary Pokemon to be a reward for Go Battle League, but they know that they can't easily not have them there. I, I would agree. Um, I think a complete removal would, would be bad at this point in time, though. <sighs> we'll see how it goes once PvP has had enough time to kind of spread out the player base, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, but continuing on, Pokemon that you'll be guaranteed to encounter at each rank will now include the following Pokemon. Various ranks, you'll be guaranteed to encounter some first partner Pokemon originally discovered in various regions as you progress through the ranks. Great. Uh, rank 16, you'll be guaranteed to encounter Chespin. You also might have a chance of encountering it on the rewards track for higher ranks. Rank 17, it's Fennekin. Same deal. Rank 18, Froakie. So all three of the new starters at rank 16, 17, and 18. And then jumping to rank 20, you'll be guaranteed to encounter a surprise Pokemon during the second half of season six. You'll have a chance of encountering on the reward tracks for higher ranks. And then legend rank, you'll be guaranteed to encounter a Pikachu Libre. This will be the only time you'll be able to encounter a Pikachu Libre during the season. So just one Pikachu Libre still. There you go. <laughs> Additionally, you'll be able to enjoy new Go Battle League Cups. The holiday cup will run from Monday, December 28th at 1 p.m. to Monday, January 4th at 1 p.m. We also have double Stardust during that period of time. The CP limit for this cup will be 1,500, and only normal, grass, electric, ice, flying, and ghost types will be allowed. Sounds like it's balloon season to me. Yep. Stay tuned for uh, details on the Go Battle League Cups to be featured in the second half of season six. Uh, just a reminder, at the start of the season, your ratings will be reset. The season's already started, so your rating is already reset. Woohoo. And attack updates are coming soon. Now, that's it. Fish and DeFi are going to do a much better job of deep diving this than Kyle and I ever could. We had some opinions, but they're not surprising. Like, Master League isn't popular. <laughs> Hardly a hot take. <laughs> yeah. Also, just a fair warning. I have a lot of cynicism in this episode. Because of a variety of things. Here's one of them. Okay. Chaspin, Fennekin, and Froakie as rewards, 16, 17, 18 rewards. This means either two things. One, you're very disappointed when you reach there. Or two, those starters are going to be far more rare than people will like to see. I think that's true of most starters when, when they're first released, though. No. Gen 5 starters were nesting when they came out. I went to a Oshawa nest two days after it came out and caught, you know, 50 of them. That's true. Example. That's true. But I think they're trying to appeal to the PVP or that doesn't play normally. How are they like, doing PVP the, then? Like they're, Oh, I mean like, but, but like <laughs> the daily player is the person that goes out and does nests. The, the daily casual player that goes out and does plays on their walks and stuff like that. And the hardcore PVP or that goes out to get a particular spawn and then just invests in that only. Those are different players. Uh, I just I am cynical about it, as I said, and I think it's only a symptom of one of two things, neither of which I'm super thrilled with. Maybe I'll be wrong, but maybe. But you could also be dead right. I, I just want to be right. I don't want to be dead. <laughs> I don't think. Oh, okay. All right. Well, we'll subtract the dead part. Yes, we will. Anyway, let's move on to the next news piece here which is well we were just kind of talking about a little bit here but celebrate the arrival of pokemon originally discovered in kalos trainers pokemon originally discovered in kanto johto hoenn Sinnoh, unova alola and galar have appeared in pokemon go and starting today pokemon originally discovered in kalos the region where mega evolution was first discovered will also be appearing in the world of pokemon go to celebrate their arrival you'll be able to take part in a special event 
but when is said special event? Well, I'm glad you asked me. It's tomorrow, Wednesday, December 2nd at 10 a.m. to Tuesday, December 8th at 10 p.m. local time. So it's uh, just like a little bit of a week, a little under a week there. Features include Chespin, Fennekin, Froki, Bunnelby, Fletchling, Litleo, and Noibat will be appearing more frequently in the wild. In addition, Klefki will be appearing in the wild only in France. Lucky you, Kyle. These Pokemon will be appearing in the wild after the event ends as well. The following Pokemon will be of hatching from eggs. They'll continue to hatch from eggs after the event concludes. Bunnelby, Fletchling, and Litley will be hatching from two kilometer eggs. Chespin, Fennekin, and Froki, the starters, will be in 5k eggs. Esper and Noibat will be hatching from 10 kilometer eggs. Litleo and Esper will be appearing in one star raids. Esper is already out today on Monday. Yeah, yep. Yes. And I have done so many of them. I've, I've probably done. I've done five. I've done five of them. Oh, I've done like 10 today. Yeah. Oh. No one was inviting me to them until like 2.30 in the afternoon. So. Oh, oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Um, enjoy event exclusive field research and timed research tasks that lead to encounters with Pokemon such as Bunnelby and Fletchling, as well as reward Venusaur Mega Energy, Charizard Mega Energy, and Blastoise Mega Energy. In case you missed it, I guess. Ugh. There you go. <laughs> yeah, so that's the event. Uh, basically, it's it's a very it's the beginning of a drip feed uh, generational release. And so we're going to get a small batch here. We might get a small batch later. We might get one or two in a special event. Then if we're lucky after another period of time, we might get another small batch. This is the yeah. first batch. It's kind of interesting that Litleo and Esper are, are in one star eggs or Litleo will be. But Litleo is going to be in 2K eggs and Asper is in 10K eggs. Yeah, that Who is thought a that was one. a good idea? Um, I think Litleo is in 2Ks because it's got two forms. And so therefore you want people to be able to have so more does, access to it. So does Asper. Oh, yeah, you're right. Well, there goes uh, there goes that argument. Uh, I don't know. Hey, uh, I have no idea. Maybe they didn't want to be accused of only putting Litleo and and uh, Esper in the 10K eggs, but why Noibat in they, 10K eggs? But they did the same thing with Shinx and Clink. Same, same same exact concept. So it's just kind of it's just kind of weird. I just kind of noticed and was pointing it out. That's all. Yeah, I I just I mean, I didn't notice it until you pointed it out either. Uh, that's a good question. I don't I have no idea, but that's the reality. That's where they are. So, uh, are you excited for anything in particular starting tomorrow? Are you going to be hunting for anything or are you just going to just kind of catch anything new uh, i'm working all day tomorrow so there's basically going to be zero opportunity for me to play but hopefully i'll oh. have some time on thursday to get out there and at least get some of the like new starters and stuff all right awesome 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 yeah i'm really excited uh, to catch all the starters uh until i'm not anymore uh which is a task in and of itself usually takes about two months yeah I'm just yeah done i don't want to see him anymore <laughs> <laughs> uh, i am really excited for uh noibat and i'm really excited for fletchling bunnelby yeah okay whatever bunnelby's yeah. diggersby's gonna be good in pvp i'm telling you okay i'm All telling right. you i believe i believe i do <laughs> all right here's the last piece of news here it's don't miss december community day it is a doozy and I can't wait to unleash the beast that is Kyle at the end of this here. Uh, trainers, as we say goodbye to 2020, let's take a look back on the community events we shared together or alone because you were you might have been at home. 
Uh, this year, our final <laughs> we're laughing, but we're all a little we're, we're all, all crying a little bit inside. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this year, our final community day event will be held on Saturday, December 12th and Sunday, December 13th. Throughout the events, Pokemon featured in community day events throughout 2019 and 2020 will be appearing more frequently in the wild and in raids. So this event will be a great time for you to catch Pokemon featured in any community events you may have missed. For a limited time each day, you'll be more likely to encounter certain shiny Pokemon. You'll benefit from bonuses and different Pokemon will be appearing more frequently in Mega Raids. Read on for details on what you can expect from each day of the December Community Day weekend. Well, you don't have to read on. We'll do it for you. When is this going to happen? Well, Saturday, December 12th at 6 a.m. to Sunday, December 13th at 10 p.m. local time. Here are some just general features for the weekend. And then there are Saturday and Sunday specifics. So first, here are the general features. Pokemon appearing more frequently in the wild include Charmander, Weedle, Abra, Ghastly, Rhyhorn, Electabuzz, Magmar, Magikarp, Porygon, Dot, and Piplup. Pokemon appearing in raids include Totodile, Swinub, Trico, Torchic, Mudkip, Ralts, Slackoth, Trapinch, Bagon, Turtwig, and Chimchar. Pokemon hatching from 2k eggs, Totodile, Swinub, Trico, Torchic, Mudkip, Ralts, Slackoth, Trapinch, Bagon, Turtwig, and Chimchar. They're all over the place. That's just all of them. Oh, hey, you know what? It's the same exact list of the Pokemon that are appearing in Rage. The ones that are also going to be in 2K eggs. It's the same list. <laughs> yes. Look yes, at that. Is. Huh. They, they got me. They tricked me into reading it twice. <laughs> huh. I wasn't, wasn't going to say anything. No. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Well, you have stuff to say about this part, though. At exclusive attacks from 2019 and 2020 community days will be available. Uh, and we'll talk about this a little bit more later. <laughs> Like in an entire section, one might say uh, there will be a special one time purchase December community day box available for twelve hundred and eighty poker coins featuring 30 ultra balls, five lucky eggs, one elite fast TM and one elite charge TM Two elite TMs y'all in this box. This might be the only time where I say you should probably pick up this box and I will say don't buy it, but I will probably buy it. Yeah, <laughs> but do not buy it. It is the best value we've had. It's still a terrible value. <sighs> but five lucky eggs too. And it's relevant. The thirty ultra balls are always helpful. That's why I said it's the best value. I just said it's it's still bad value. <laughs> okay. All right, all right. Event exclusive timed research will be available. By completing timed research tasks, you'll be able to earn an elite charge TM and other rewards. Woohoo! For US $1 or the equivalent pricing tier in your local currency, you'll be able to access the December Community Day exclusive special research story. Well, looks like I'm spending a dollar. I'm all here for that. But enough about this general stuff. Let's talk about specifics in each day. Saturday 1st, from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. local time, you can experience the following. Pokemon appearing even more frequently in the wild. And more likely to be shiny include Weedle, Abra, Ghastly, Rhyhorn, Dot, and Piplup. Bonuses, times to catch Stardust, half egg hatch distance when eggs are placed into incubators during these hours, and instance activated during the event will last for three hours. Oh, additionally, Mega Gengar raids will be happening more frequently, so we'll get those, which is awesome. Sunday is set up rather similarly. One would say it's almost identical, just featuring different Pokemon, because it is identical, only featuring other Pokemon from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. local time on Sunday. You can experience the following Pokemon appearing more frequently in the wild and more likely to be shiny include Charmander, Electabuzz, Magmar, Magikarp and Porygon. 
Bonuses include times to catch Stardust half egg hatch distance when eggs are placed in the incubators during the event and incense activated during the event will last for three hours. Mega Charizard X raids will be happening more frequently, which is cool because they were saying that, you know, Mega Charizard X is more powerful right now. So that's a win win situation. All right, Kyle, I've been keeping the, the cork on the bottle for a little bit too long here. I don't really think there's much to say about the community day. It's kind of par for the course as far as these like review days go. Basically, follow the link in our show notes to this article, review the list, make a plan of the things you want to focus, and then go out during those times. There's really not a whole lot else to say. It will be worth you playing during those times. I mean, the bonuses alone, it's every bonus in some form that we're used to seeing. So there's a lot of value to play during those times. I don't think anybody could really say otherwise. Technically, you're right, but it's also a lesser form of each bonus. So you can't like specifically go after one thing, which is kind of stressful depending on how you like to play. Oh, for sure. But it's just like if you play during that time, everything is better. True. This is objective (laughs) truth. Yes. But uh, I'm ready for some subjective truth. So why don't we hop into gear up? So this week on Gear Up, we're going to talk about all of the moves that are going to be available for December Community Day, or rather, the moves that you should care about. And the first thing I'm going to say is it doesn't include 2018 Community Day moves. They were very clear about this in their announcement. I am exceptionally upset right now. (laughs) Like, I, I actually can't put into words to express how upset I am and still be intelligible and okay to have conversation with. It's so frustrating. So so Kyle was theorizing that this was going to happen before it happened. And I said, cool you jets. We don't know for sure. And then it happened. And I got the most resounding I told you so without him specifically saying I told you so I've ever received in my life. <laughs> I did. I'm like, I'm like, I Chris. told you. <laughs> Can I be upset now? (laughs) And Chris is like, yes, you can. So first things first, I am sorry because we literally spent the last, you know, 10 months saying stuff about SmackDown Tyranitar, about Meteor Mash Metagross, Blastburn Charizard we've known about for a couple months now, but a variety of other Pokemon are not available. It's a really bad move. That's that's all I want to say. But various events in 2021, end quote. There is the one line that was not included in our wrap-up in the news, but they did say, don't worry, trainers, exclusive attacks featured in 2018 will be available in the future. They did not say in events. They just say available. Maybe with them being two years old, they will just add them to the move pool finally. Oh, that would be interesting. That oh, is boy. my extreme hope. We all know Niantic is very specific on their wording when they release events, release anything really. They're very particular. I have my fingers crossed that that will happen and it will happen very soon in 2021 because I have a feeling that a lot of the community is not very happy right now. But about about this. I mean, there's plenty of stuff to be happy oh, yeah, about. About, about but, okay. this community day in particular, there's a lot of people who've saved like 100% Shadow Beldums or they got a shiny Shadow Beldum or Lavatar that where they were waiting to evolve. And now everyone feels like they're just being milked for elite TMs. And it's just feels bad. 
Maybe. But I want to say one more thing before you continue on with this. There was no promise ever made officially. We all just kind of assumed and told each other that. Yes. But it was a safe assumption. Yeah. Yeah. I did have a track record. Yeah. Historically true. Sure. That's mostly enough. I could go on and say why it's a bad idea over and over again. And I'm not going to belabor the point. But what about what we do have access to in December? I am not going to go over all of them because a lot of them are bad or not worth mentioning. So I'm only going to go over the ones I think you should care about or keep an eye on if you have not gotten them at their respective community day. First up, Charizard with Dragon Breath. As we talked about, it's really good in PvP, but it won't have Blast Burn. Which means if you want to use it in PvP, it needs an Elite TM. It's almost unusable otherwise. So bear that in mind for the future. Next up is Drill with Drill Run. Woo! This is only on the list because it makes it better in PvP. It doesn't make it crazy better in PvP, but it's still better. Which is a lot more than you can say for a lot of the rest of the list. Next, Gengar with Shadow Punch. It's a slight improvement over Haunter in Great League, and it becomes viable in Ultra League where Haunter's CP ceiling is just too low, even at 100%. So it's just just good. Next is Rhyperior with Rock Wrecker. For those of you who are waiting for Tyranitar, this is what you get instead. There's a bonus here, though, in that Rock Wrecker Rhyperior is better than Tyranitar. So that's good, right? <laughs> Yeah, yep. Mm -hmm. But objectively, it has more bulk. It has more DPS. It doesn't have the dark typing if you wanted to have a Bite Crunch Tyranitar instead, but that's a whole different discussion to have. But it does use an item to evolve. Correct, correct. So it's, it's harder to obtain a full team of them if you are not prepared. Next up, I've got a couple of honorable mentions before we move on to the rest of the list. Electivire, who we just had. It's an honorable mention because Electivire is a really good Pokemon. It's one of the best Electro-type attackers, but you don't want the community to move on it if you care about it as an Electro-type attacker. Even in a PvP sense, the community day move doesn't really do anything. So keep an eye out for Electabuzz if you need to catch more, but don't evolve one, except for collecting purposes. And the second honorable mention, Mamoswine. Again, one of the best type attackers in the game. Don't evolve it during community day. Just full stop. Don't do it. It's bad. Maybe it has a niche use in PvP. I know people have talked about it, but I don't remember it actually making any big deal. That's ancient power, right? Yeah, it's ancient power, and it just right. doesn't fit at all. I mean, it does. It makes sense, and it oh, does know that Thematically, it fits. Let's, right, let's for sure. <laughs> But but the proc chance is so low that you need the proc for it to be useful, and you need it to proc once and then spam its ice moves. <laughs> yeah, in which case you're, and I think it's like a ten percent chance for ancient power. Ten or twenty, either way, you're not getting off more than two ancient powers in a battle if you're lucky. I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah. All right, and that's it for the honorable mentions. Next up, Swampert with Hydro Cannon. I think this one's the best one on the list, personally. Yep, I would agree. It's exceptionally strong in PvP. It has uses in all three leagues, which is incredible. I I can only personally think of one other Pokemon that can do that. So, and I think it's Melmetal. 
but this one is the one to keep your eye out for if you don't already have a good one for all three leagues. And lastly, Salamence with Outrage. It's just a better Dragon-type attacker. Obtainable. That's kind of all there is to say. Nothing special, nothing to write home about. It's a green shiny. That's another green shiny. <laughs> yeah, uh, hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. But he ain't mucus. Uh, okay, he's not mucus, but it's close. It's it's close, but he ain't. And there's no yellow tint in there. He's just a nice green, a nice solid green. So yeah, the real takeaway though, Swampert and Rhyperior, if you have to focus on a small number or you can only play at certain times during the day, those are the ones that are good to go for. So I have a follow-up question for you, Kyle. Yep. Which of these is the worst one to evolve on December Community Days? The worst one. I have one in mind for myself. I'm curious if you pick the same one. I think there's two. Okay. I think there's actually three that are all equally bad. So I'd like to hear what <laughs> yours is. Okay. Don't evolve into a Gardevoir or a Gallade. That was the third one that I had. <laughs> you'll don't, never use it. Don't never. do it. For the very simple reason, in case you don't know, after Synchronize came out, they buffed Psychic. And Psychic is legitimately just better than Synchronize. Yes. Yep, it's, that's it's, the thing. It's bad. To we have were excited for a month, and that was, that was it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was also going to say slacking with Body Slam. Oh, true, true. And Alakazam with Counter. You know what? I said that, but I, I've used Counter Alakazams, uh, you know, like for Team Go Rocket Stops and stuff like that, and it's been okay. But... I only used like four Pokemon for all of Team Go Rocket stuff. So, <laughs> And all four of them are Lucario. <laughs> no, I don't have one maxed out or I would, but Polyrath, man. He's, he's Polyrath. Hey, yeah, 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 yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Interesting. Yeah, that's it's, it's an interesting list to look at. And while Kyle did highlight the most useful ones on this list, uh, it is worth, you know, saying if you're like me and I guess pretty much like everybody else, because as much as Kyle and I look at, you know, Gardevoir and Gallade and say Synchronoise is useless. I have them still. I like having them. It's fun to have. The, but the we did it move. when we thought they were useful. <laughs> yeah, but but I'm saying I do this for every single community day. I keep the special move regardless. I have yeah. versions of them tagged and stuff. And so if you missed out and you want to you know, complete your collection, here's an opportunity. But just be very selective in the ones that you invest in. Because <laughs> some of them, just because there is an exclusive move does not make it good. It's pretty much the lesson that we're trying to impart here. Yes. Exactly. Okay. Well, thank you for that, Kyle. Appreciate it. I'm, I'm much more prepared to avoid things like Ralts on uh, December Community Day. Appreciate <laughs> it. Okay. Let's roll right into the Pokalore. This week, we're going to be covering Esper, the Restraint Pokemon, and Meowstic, the Constraint Pokemon. Ooh. Esper is a bipedal feline Pokemon. Its fur is a pale gray with white tips on its ears and white paws. There are tousled tufts of fur on its head, cheeks, shoulders, chest, and hips. It has wide, pale purple eyes with darker purple pupils, a tiny nose, and a small mouth. If you've seen these eyes, they've seen some things. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. I love when you go into the raid and there's like up close in the face and then it moves out. And you're like, oh my God, can we move away, please? <laughs> please. Yep. Uh, when its mouth is open, two pointed teeth can be seen on its upper jaw. Its tail is fluffy and slightly curled. Esper's ears are quite large in proportion to its body and folded. Beneath its ears are two ring-shaped yellow organs. 
These organs emit Esper's intense psychic powers. It has no control over its power, and it would leak out of if the ears were not sheltering the organs. It has enough psychic energy to create a blast radius of 300 feet. Whoa. This psychic energy can send even a wrestler flying. What a very particular <laughs> example. Huh. A little uh, bit, the, yeah. Just throw the boulder into next week, I, I see. Next up is Meowstic. Meowstic is a bipedal feline Pokemon whose appearance differs drastically between genders. Both genders have two tails, folded ears, a small collar of fur around the neck, and a tuft of fur on top of the head. The male Meowstic is predominantly dark blue, while the female Meowstic is predominantly white. The eye-like organs hidden under the fold of Meowstic's ears emit psychic energy powerful enough to obliterate a 10-ton truck or tanker. It usually keeps its ears folded in order to keep this power in check, but it will unleash this power if threatened, like Cyclops from the X-Men. Male Meowstic have strong defensive instincts as they are willing to use their full power to protect themselves or partners. Female Meowstic are known to be more selfish and aversive than their male counterparts. Should the female Meowstic not get what it wants, it will torment anyone with its psychic abilities. Part of a Meowstic's charm is its unfriendly nature. Just like a real cat. <laughs> yes. Here are the stats. It's the same stat for each of the uh, gender forms. Max CP 2124. Okie dokie. Less than impressive stats of 166 attack. 167 defense and 179 stamina and best move set because it is a monotype psychic confusion and psychic are your moves to go with for that there stab i like esper i think biastic is cool i didn't realize that it had such ridiculous psychic power oh, uh, i did <laughs> that's nutty um it has such a low cp though yeah i also didn't realize for the longest time this pokemon evolved because oh really Gen 6 is where I stopped, like, remembering the whole Pokedex. So I always knew about Esper, but I just totally forgot Meowstic existed. Oh, sure, sure. That said, this Pokedex entry doesn't do it justice. There's another one that says the look in its eye is because if it doesn't focus 100% of the time, its psychic energy will just explode everywhere all the time. Oh, so it's supposed to be, like, kind of, like, phased out? Well, it's it, Yeah, it's like under really high stress anxiety all the time so it's literally not paying attention to anything oh my gosh i wish i remember oh. where i read that but it was definitely an official entry it, it might be just one of the pokedex entries they they do vary from version yeah. to version um and, and i source all of our pokedex entries from bulbapedia which is usually a culmination of official information put into one place so it's like a full description so yeah that, that might have been a pokedex specific entry from like you know the sixth generation Pokedex or what have you. Cool. No, that's awesome. I'm I'm thrilled about this Pokemon being out. Um, it's cool to see new Pokemon, although it's typing and it's a stats to make it less than exciting, but you know, it's cute. It's a cat. I like the forms. They're neat. What's well, not to like? And that brings us to the next section, which is the Poke Poll. So last week's question was with the raised level cap right around the corner. Hey, it's here. How are you preparing? Will level 50 change the way you play it all? First one's from Benny Benso. And they said, I don't really have much interest in level 50. I've been playing since July 2016 and have about 82 million experience. So I'm not a hardcore player, but I've played quite a bit. The grind is too much for me and requiring me to engage with parts of the game that I really don't enjoy. Purifying Pokemon, buddy interactions, hatching eggs, battling gyms. 
for long periods of time doesn't sound fun. One of the main reasons I love Pokemon Go is the variety of ways you can play the game and still succeed. Not so much to get to level 50. The biggest thing holding me to play this game is PvP, and we shall see how being able to level up Pokemon to level 50 will affect things. I know Master and Ultra League will become even more inaccessible than they are now, and depending on how the meta shakes out, Great League can also be affected. I also think three months for a PvP season is too long, but my opinion may change depending on rank rewards. I really wish they would have made player levels go to 50 without raising the Pokemon level cap. I will slightly agree on that last point. There's pros and cons. There's definite pros and cons. I simply think the investment to level 50 is too high for an individual Pokemon level when PvP will potentially shape around it. Sure. Okay. And it's not even the Stardust requirement. It's the candy, which we'll I think we'll hit on when we ask the question this week, but it's just a little too much. Yeah, I've been saving uh, us talking about that for the question. I'm excited to get there, too, because my, my thoughts are different, definitely, with the whole candy and XL candy situation that I initially thought they would be. But anyway, Rocket Man said, I haven't hit level 40 yet. And honestly, I don't feel a real drive to get there. It's taking me two years to get to 39. So 50 will be a long ways off. I do understand that it's a great addition for people that hit 40 ages ago and need something more to strive for. It's just not something that matters much to my play style. Hope everyone else enjoys what it adds to the game, though. Fair enough. I think this is a prime example of, you know, events and such or features aren't necessarily for everybody. Um, There are definitely people that play this game that don't care about level increases whatsoever at all. And the only reason that you might is, you know, up to level 38 or whatever it used to be that you can then max out your Pokemon, which is relatively accessible um, and doable now. And and even still level 40, you can then max it out from 50. It's just that grind with the extra resources. But that was already a problem for the more casual player as is. Mm-hmm. So it's a definitely a, a cool stance for Rocketman to take. Like, hey, not for me. Hope it's cool for you. I respect that. Next answer is from Seth. And he said, I'm preparing by not setting any expectations for myself. <laughs> Great answer. <laughs> I have enough XP to jump right to level 41, but everything after that will be a grind. I'm happy to have something to grind for every day, but getting to 176 million is going to be tough. Since hitting level 40, I've averaged 108,000 experience a day. What? That's pretty good. That is pretty good. At that rate, it'll be 3.67 years before I reach 176 million. Well, hang on now, but you're not accounting for like events and stuff. True. I was about to say, I'd like to hear how that has changed with these double experience events were happening until like the end of the year. Or the fact that they changed the excellent curve. Well, the excellent throw reward, you know, that's going to significantly impact how much experience you get per day, particularly people that just catch a ton. The next response is from Cook's Gravy. Yo, what up, Mitch? I will be going hard to the extent that my current XP lets me, and then I will grind out those daily gifts to hit the XP jackpots therein. Haven't engaged with the game like that since before Syndicate Community Day, and I've missed it. I feel you too. I'm very excited to set new XP-oriented goals. Aren't you, Kyle? I thought so. You don't have to say it. I'm feeling called out by Mitch here. (laughs) But Why? Why? Grinding out those daily gifts to hit the XP jackpots. Haven't you been doing it? When I have, when I don't have egg space. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. That that That's true. Next one's from DeFi. She said, I think this will be a summertime project for me. I'm nearing 100 million experience, so I'm not worried <laughs> about that component. Good God. 
If the requirements don't change based on what has been seen in Australia, I can easily accomplish levels 41, 42, and 43 in a few weekends time and then pace myself for the rest. Wow. hundred million experience. I'm, uh, I'm really impressed. That's ridiculous. Uh, also, DeFi is on our server leaderboards, like really high up there with yeah. that experience. So, wow. I forget those leaderboards are a thing. You just forget that they are. You yeah. got to do them, man. They're fun. If you had learned how to get good sooner or later, then uh, you would care. I don't think so. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think so either. My money's on you not getting good. So this last response is from Mick Marvel. And they say, honestly, I'm just trying to get to level 40 as quickly as possible. I'm about four million away from getting there. So I can finally see the light at the end of the tunnel. Oh, wait. The tunnel just got longer. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The thing, the nice thing about the way that they did this is that 40 still means a whole lot. Yeah, I mean, 40 is still technically everything. Yes, you can. You, after that, you can unlock leveling up your Pokemon to level 50 up to the new max, all that stuff. Like uh, it, after that, it's pretty much just bragging rights. And then the rewards that they give, I suppose, a couple of avatar items, stuff like that. So 40 is still, yeah, largely the summit that you need to actually get to in order to play the game, quote, fully. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yes. Quote, unquote. Yep. So this week's Pokepole is, what are your thoughts on the 40-plus experience so far? XL Candies, we want your go-beyond feedback. So, Chris, it's been a yeah. whole 30 hours. <laughs> yes, since it has been. How do you feel? Uh, I'm actually pretty re- pretty relieved on how the XL Candy experience is. I've, like, I've, I've amassed a, a fair amount uh, from Pokemon just by catching them transferring doing mass transfers i think i got like 10 genesect candy just from transferring like 13 of them that i had because i was waiting uh like i good luck it is kind of good luck but at the same time like i thought they were going to be a real pain in the butt i thought the main way of getting excel candy was going to be the the conversion costs which essentially just means turning rare candy into it but no. no it's it's not and i think if you don't really like hardcore go for it and you just kind of play a fair amount for like a few weeks, you'll be surprised at how many that you have. I definitely agree. It's I'm kind of in a weird spot about it, though, because I didn't get a chance to play yesterday, so I only have my time today to judge on. But I have gotten a fair amount of XL candies given the time that I've played and how much I've caught. It feels okay, but it only feels okay right now. If anyone ever has to begin playing catch up, it's actually an impossible hill to climb, I feel like. If you want to start doing Master League where, you know, level 50 Pokemon are going to start becoming the core meta, those XL candies are an insurmountable task. I think it's 296 to get to level 50. Something like that. And that's just, I think it's too much. I just, it's too much. I would agree, but you know, much like the Mega System when it came out, we had a similar reaction to it. They did add other ways uh, in the future to, you know, they they actually just changed the entire currency system in a lot of ways, like have some values doubled, you know, like they they made it more accessible. They tuned it, and so I think they'll probably do the same thing here. I think at half of the current XL candies, I would no longer feel overwhelmed about the potential Pokemon I need to take to fifty in the future yeah especially with community days community days i hope to look forward and see a lot of xl candies related to that i remember i believe zoe zoe two dots 
was commenting about how many XL candy she got on Magma Day. I don't even think she broke 100, though. So that's still so many. <laughs> it's true. But that was just one day of, of concerted catching on that one particular Pokemon. I mean, yeah. it was an absurd amount, but it was that. And she was only counting, I think, the catches and the transferring. I mean, if we do <laughs> hatching gets you quite a bit, by the way, it I know does. I know you don't hatch eggs, Kyle, but it does get you quite a bit. And I hatch a bunch and I was very surprised to see like, you know, three to five or whatever. What was it? Like one to three. I'm not quite sure. Coming out of there. Why, you want to buy my incubators, Chris? Absolutely. You want <laughs> some of mine? I got extras, but also trading. It gets you XL candies. So it has I mean, a chance to. It's you know, not right. guaranteed. Yeah, but Zoe was saying in the interview that we just put up with her last week, she was saying that it'll show you if you do or don't get it during the trade. And if you don't, then just tr- change to a different Pokemon until you get it. <laughs> yep. I remember reading about that. I don't know if they have since changed it. Right. I, I right. know I saw some people talking about it on Reddit about whether it was still a thing or not, but I don't remember if it is. Oh, geez. I don't really know. I don't really know. But do you have any feedback about the rest of the Go Beyond update? Like, do you like what the design for the post level 40 stuff? I think the post level 40 stuff is fine. I still think the experience is just it's too much, but that's OK. Whatever. It's not targeted at me. And that's fine. The jury's out on seasons for now. I'm going to need, you know, probably two or three weeks before I actually can really comment on how I feel about that one. Sure. Yeah, I've seen some comments already about the spawn pools and stuff. So it'll be interesting to see how we all feel about this after an additional week of of playing in this pool because it's going to stick around for a while. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, I would say the level 40 plus experience for me from now having kind of gone through it during that Zoe interview and touched on each of them and the requirements, like I'm kind of excited. A few of those steps seem a little ridiculous. The Go Battle League focused one is not going to be a good time for some people, but it'll be great for others. The Team Go Rocket themed one. These are minor spoilers, by the way. It will be interesting for some people, but awful for others. But I think it's an interesting challenge to put forth before people. It's like, you might not like this feature, but can you engage with it enough to get through this? You know, like give it another try, which might bring people around to other aspects of the game that they weren't necessarily thinking that they were going to get to. Like the Team Go Rocket stuff is a good example. Uh, Yeah, I think it's well laid out. And like we were just talking about with uh, Mick Marvel's response, 40 is still the thing. So even if you aren't really interested in getting to 50, the traditional grind to 40, which we've all been, you know, accustomed to now at this point in time, is still just as important as it was before. So that's kind of exciting. But anyway, if you, dear listener, have an answer to the Pokepole question, what are your thoughts on the 40 plus experience so far? XL candies, etc. We want your go beyond feedback. You can answer the question we post on social, such as Facebook and slash or Twitter. Or if you're a patron in our patron exclusive Discord, we post it there. More about Patreon at the end of the show. Or you can send us an email to mail at gocastpodcast.com. And that means it's time for the PvP Corner segment. We'll pass it on over to Fish and DeFi-E as they do a deep dive on Season 6 of the Go Battle League. See you on the other side. Hi, I'm Fish on a heater. I'm DeFi 250 and Fish, that sounded really awkward. Fish <laughs> on a heater? Yeah, uh, look, um, for those who didn't listen to it, uh, Chris uh, interviewed Zoe Two Dots in the last episode and she uh, <laughs> she mentioned the name. I have been living with this name for four years and I often forget that people don't know what it means. <laughs> for those who 
are interested to know, it is a poker reference. So I used to play a lot of poker before I got into Pokemon Go. Some say this is a slightly less profitable pastime <laughs> than that was. But uh, <laughs> in poker, a fish is a bad player and a heater is like a winning streak. So fish on a heater just means a bad player who's on a win streak. I think that's an apt name for you. I know, it's perfect for me. So this is the segment that we give you the news and tips to elevate your PvP game. DeFi, what are the things that are happening in PvP at the moment? Fish, I think the question is, what isn't happening in PvP (laughs) right now? Yeah. There are so many things, but don't worry, we're not going to rehash all of it. Chris and Kyle did a fantastic job talking about that at the top of the show. So we're just going to give kind of our quick hot takes, hot takes on uh, some of the stuff that Chris and Kyle mentioned. DeFi, what do you think? My favorite thing that was announced is that during the Master League of Go Battle League, there is an option to not play Master League. There's two of Master League options and then the Holiday Cup, which takes place in the Great League. So instead of just taking the week off and avoiding Master League, I could I get to still play. I'm excited. Yeah, and I find that one really interesting because one thing that's that I can confidently say about Niantic is that they really want to encourage people to use everything about their game and giving people an option to do something other than Master League, I think it's very interesting. I think that kind of goes against that because how many people are really gonna do Master League if they have a themed cup option there? Well, I definitely won't. But I think another question that maybe Niantic is asking is how many people, if only given the choice to play Master League or don't play, how many people are going to choose just don't play? Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I'm very interested to hear opinions. If anyone wants to, you know, let us know via tweets, email the show, flood Chris and Kyle with uh, with messages, your opinions. We'll take a, a PvP corner poll. All right, so informal polling. Yes. First one. Let's do this. Completely unsanctioned. All right. I think that's enough of our hot takes. Let's go into our self check-in. Fish, we have exited the marsh. How did it go for you? Well, I mentioned in the last episode that I had hit a, a little vein of form, a heater, if you will, and that ended up with me going 5-1 in my way to tournament, and that boosted me right up into challenger tier, and I got into the top six. 600 in the world. So I'm super happy about that. That is amazing and definitely worth celebrating. Where did you end up compared to all of the players in Australia? Um, I am seventh at the moment and the highest ranked in my state. That is awesome. Thank you. That's so cool. Very happy. Congratulations. And what about you? I'm a little less happy about my results. (laughs) I think I did pretty well. I increased my tournaments by one. So in Sunrise, I did four tournaments. This time I did five. I swept my local three wins, zero losses, just a little small tournament. But I think I ranked the wrong one. I should have ranked my local. I ranked Mm -hmm. a larger tournament instead where I did less well. I ended up overall in the marsh. I had 14 wins, seven losses, and I am still a rival. I have a 71% win rate, and I just cannot quite get into that purple challenger tier. Yeah, that's so strange. 71% is a huge win rate. That's that's really good. It's up there with like some of the people at the top of the leaderboard. Like the at the moment, number one in the world. We've got our first ace for the season, a gentleman called Adib Khan from Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, he's at 78%. So that's not much more, but I absolutely think that you will fix that this month. I will bet my account that you will reach Challenger this month. That's some spicy words, betting your account. (laughs) I'll have to live up to it. It'll happen. 
So with that, we are going to get into our deep dive, which is because we've got this first wave of Kalos Pokemon coming out into the game, we thought that we'd take a look into all the Pokemon that are available in the Kalos region and see what we can anticipate as being really good and making a splash in PvP. Anticipate is the key word there. What we're going to be talking about was data mined and then was further discussed by Game Press in an article that Chris will link in the show notes. So I have to say that it is against Niantic terms of service to data mine. However, it does not break the terms of service to discuss what was data mined. That is perfectly all right. Loopholes. 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 <laughs> so probably one of the first things that I look at when looking at new Pokemon is the tanks. So these are the Pokemon that are very high bulk. They can take a punch. They often get a lot of their wins just by outlasting the other Pokemon with their super high defense and HP. And the top of this list in the Kalos region is Shield Aegislash. It, it has got a Steel Ghost typing and it's at the moment got Psycho Cut and Fury Cutter as possible fast moves. So both very, very fast uh, energy generation and Shadow Ball and Flash Cannon for charge moves. Now with all of these Pokemon that we are going to talk about, they do have other moves available to them. We're just going to really point out the more relevant ones because no one wants to hear about Tackle on a Pokemon. <laughs> but uh, Shield Aegis Slash is going to be the tankiest tank in all of Tankdom. It is going to be tankier than Bastiodon. And unlike most other tanks, it's also going to resist fighting. So it has some crazy good wins. I am so pumped to see Aegislash. Mm. Another Pokemon that I maybe have a little bit of bias against is going to be the Gen 6 Bunny. Anyone who knows me knows that Lopunny is my favorite Pokemon. They introduced a lesser version in Gen 6 called Bunnelby. And Bunnelby evolves into Diggersby. And right now, Lopunny doesn't do that great in PvP, but Diggersby has a ton of potential. Diggersby is a normal ground-type Pokemon that is going to have a Zoomeral-level bulk. So it is going to have access to Mudshot, Fire Punch, and Earthquake. So picture taking big old Groudon and shrinking it down to a Great League level. It will be viable in Nightfall. However, it has a very, very low attack stat and it is going to hold it back. Fire Punch, for example, if I were to throw a Fire Punch from a Diggersby onto, for example, let's say Frostlass, it's only gonna do 40% of damage. It's not even gonna knock it out. So it's low attack is really gonna hold it back. So there's kind of your better tanks that are coming in Kalos, and what is the opposite of a tank, Deepa? A Glass Cannon. It is the Glass Cannon. So these are the Pokemon that have super high attack. They can really give out a punch, but they really can't take one. They're super squishy, and so they've really got that um, very specific usage in the meta. My favorite of all the cannons coming out in the Kalos region is Horlucha. It's got flying fighting typing, and it has got just the most wonderful coverage with its moves. So uh, the relevant fast moves are wing attack and poison jab, its charge moves include Flying Press, Sky Attack, X-Scissor, and Power-Up Punch. Now, if its squishiness doesn't get too much kind of in the way of Holucha, I think this will be a fantastic Pokemon for Arena Cups. 
because you can really mix and match a lot of those moves together. So Poison Jab with Power Up Punch or Wing Attack with Flying Press and X Scissor to give you some, some bait potential or you can just run Flying Press with Sky Attack and Wing Attack if you want a full flying move set. It's really versatile. That's another Pokemon that I'm really excited to see. One glass cannon that doesn't seem like it should be one is Pangoro. Pangoro is a big, chunky, dark fighting type panda Pokemon, but it does not have a lot of bulk. It will have access to Snarl, Close Combat, and Night Slash, so it is going to hit like a truck. Maybe in the Ultra League, it could have a little bit of play. It's going to fill a similar role as like an Obstagoon, but it has a big downfall. Much like Scrafty having that dark fighting type, you gotta watch out for Charmers. Charmers are just going to eat Pangoro alive being quad weak to it. And so speaking of typings, there are a few Pokemon that just introduce some really nice new weird typings. I like a, a bit of a weird, <laughs> unique typing in a Pokemon. A couple of those that we can talk about. One is Trevenant, which is a ghost grass Pokemon. And the GamePress article that we took this from, they kind of compare it to a ghost version of Shiftry. Uh, it's got Shadow Claw, Seed Bomb, Shadow Ball, and Foul Play moves and it kind of does the same thing as Shiftry because it gets a lot of wins just out of powerful neutral damage with that Shadow Ball and it also really pressures those Pokemon that you think would normally counter it like for example Altaria or Skarmory flying Pokemon usually beat the grass Pokemon but the power of Shadow Ball can overcome that if the opponent isn't careful. The weird new typing that I'm really excited for is Malamar. Malamar is a psychic dark type Pokemon, and that combination makes it only weak to bugs and fairy. It triple resists psychic, not just double, but triple <laughs> resists psychic. So this is going to be a very interesting pick, but it has one major issue. Fish, what would you say is the most powerful Pokemon in open Great League? Oh, that'd be Azumarill. Malamar gets wrecked oh, by no. Azumarill, unfortunately. So perhaps in a restricted GBL meta where water or fairy types aren't allowed, then maybe Malamar could really shine in something like that. If it doesn't get banned, because that typing does seem quite OP. I'm excited to see. Time will tell. I was also looking at Carbink. So Carbink is a rock fairy type, which is, uh, I, I just think is just the coolest thing. <laughs> um, I don't think fairy and rock have a huge amount of synergy with each other. I believe it does neutralize the fighting counters and it does make poison neutral as well. Um, and it does lose to Galarian Stunfisk and like we just talked about, Azumarill. So it is another Pokemon that could probably be more relevant in an arena meta than in Open Great League. And finally, we're going to wrap up by talking about some new, a new move and an anticipated move. So one Pokemon that we need to talk about, its anticipated possible moveset is Chestnut. Chestnut is very unique as a grass and fighting type. It evolves from Chespin, one of the starter Pokemon. So we're going to be seeing this one really soon. Chestnut has an amazing moveset already with Vine Whip and Smackdown. It also has access to Energy Ball and Superpower, which is pretty great on its own. However, if you give it Frenzy Plant, so let's say Chespin gets a Community Day, it can have similar number of wins to Venusaur in both Great League and Ultra League, 
which is pretty fantastic. Venusaur is a staple for me in my Ultra League team. One thing that it really has over Venusaur is it has advantage over Steel types with that superpower, so it can really counter the Steels. Yeah, it's kind of like Meganium that can hit back at those Fire and Steel Pokemon with the Earthquake. Very true, I'm excited to see. And there is also a new move in the game file called Parabolic Charge. So if you don't know, and I am one of those people who did not know heading into this article, but um, Parabolic Charge in the main series games is a move that deals damage while also healing the user. And so the fact that this move is in the game indicates that maybe, just maybe, we are going to have the first ever health regeneration move in the game. Imagine the strats. Oh, just, it would, Imagine the strats. <laughs> it's crazy, I know. Uh, so at the moment, the two most relevant Pokemon that have this move attached to them are Heliolisk, which is an electric normal type and is running Volt Switch and Mud Slap for fast moves, Thunderbolt, Grass Knot, and that Parabolic Charge as charge moves. So really cool kind of fast move heavy moveset. And then Deden... Dedenny, Dedon, how do you pronounce that, Defy? Dedenne. Dedenne. Yeah, right. Like like penne pasta. <laughs> um, exactly. <laughs> Electrocution penne pasta. So that's got electric fairy typing and it's got Thundershock, Play Rough, and that Parabolic Charge. If Parabolic Charge comes out into the game and it's not all it was cracked up to be, Deden at least still. Dedene at least still has Discharge to kind of replace that Parabolic Charge and still be pretty relevant. All of this stuff is so exciting. I'm I'm really excited to see all of these updates. Uh, Yeah, same here. So if you have any thoughts about any of this or have any questions that you want us to take a look at in a future episode, just send them on over to mail at gocastpodcast.com. Chris will pass them on to us. And with that, I think that's a show, DeFi. I think so too. Let's kick it back to Chris and Kyle. Thank you, Fish in DeFi. Appreciate it. Maybe this is going to be the season that I actually hit max rank, although I'm not holding my breath. Kyle, no comment, please. I appreciate it. Okay. Well, that brings us to the final segment of our show. And uh, Kyle, I think you know what it's all about. It's emails, emails, and some voicemails, actually a ton of voicemails this week. Team voicemail really came through. So here we go. Let's get started. Our first one's from Cameron. Hey guys, it's been a while. So today I'm going to lay some knowledge on you on why the word fish-like in a Pokedex entry makes sense. Oh no. Okay. (laughs) So hear me out. So in Pokemon land, they do not have fish. They have Pokemon, but in our land, human land, we have fish. We do not have Pokemon. And what the Pokedex entry fish-like is doing is explaining that, for example, a Feebas in Pokemon land is representative of a fish, or it's similar to a fish in our world. Because in Pokemon land, they don't have fish, but we do. And the Pokedex is just building a bridge in between those two things and explaining in human world terms what a certain Pokemon is. So that's what the Pokedex is doing in all of the entries. It's just fish-like just seems weird, but if you think about it, it makes sense. So I hope you guys are enlightened. I hope you have a good day, and you meet all your goals. And uh, yeah, Chris, you're a dingus. Mitch, if you're listening, you're a dingus. Camo, if you're listening, you're a dingus. Um, Kyle, I hope you're doing well. 
Oh, come <laughs> on. That's all. See ya. She didn't call me out about not opening or sending gifts. Oh, it's a blessing. You're off easy this time. But next time Team Voicemail shows up, you're going to get reamed, son. Yeah. All right. Okay, I'm a little upset about this voicemail. This upsets me just a little bit. I want to just put one counterpoint. Okay. Pokemon have, like, classifications. You know, it's Esper is the restraint Pokemon. That yes. is in the Pokedex. They use that to describe it. It is the restraint Pokemon at times in the anime. Magikarp is the fish Pokemon. The fish. The fish Pokemon. So, also, there's that one episode early on in the anime, or maybe it's in the manga, where they just are eating a fish that's not actually a Pokemon that we know about. Regular fish. Yeah. It actually begs the question because the game and the anime never actually address if there are non-Pokemon out in the world. Although they are alluded to every once in a while. Yeah. But then like in later generations, once they have more like 150, they just kind of like shift towards building ecosystems around how Pokemon interact with other Pokemon, like yeah. Trap Inch and Sand Isle and stuff. Yes, uh, for sure. I'm still going. I respect the thought process behind it, but this is a hill I will die on. <laughs> that if it's describing it to me, that means it's describing it to Ash and that means it describes it to everybody who is in the Pokemon universe. As fish-like. And if they don't have anything else that's a fish, that description doesn't mean anything. Yeah, that's that's very true. It should say Magikarp-like. Uh, <laughs> hey, absolutely. <laughs> that's fair enough. But, but Cameron's argument is that it, it's trying to bridge the world between the Poka world and our world. And so it's written in such a way that we would make we would understand the reference. But my counter-argument would be, Kyle, is that there are some... Pokedex entries that when they say fish-like or insect-like, they have used it as like it's an insect Pokemon, not insect-like. Like, like yeah. we, we run into a couple of them. We're like, wait a minute. That didn't say it was, a, you know, whatever-like Pokemon. Yeah, exactly. They say this is a insect Pokemon. or is, But I think that that's the thing is like when they use fish-like to describe something that is very clearly just a fish. Whereas if you use fish-like to describe a water Pokemon that has characteristics of a fish then that's that's okay that's cool it's funny but it's it's cool okay i can get behind that yeah anyway uh, something to chew on something i'm gonna lose sleep over thanks cameron (laughs) here's our next voicemail it's from carlo hey chris hey kyle it's carlo here i was going to answer the poke poll question from the previous episode I do not believe that I will be changing the way that I play as level 50 has dropped for us around the world. Uh, It's always been about the dust gathering after hitting level 38, and XP has just been a side number that just kind of accumulates no matter what you do. I was going to ask you guys, do you have any strange collections you're working on? Personally, I hold on to all of my Nundos, my 0% Pokemon, and I was wondering if you guys do anything similar. Thanks for making a great show. I hope to hear you soon. Bye. Well, Kyle, do you have any strange collections of Pokemon that you hold on to? I'm sad to say I don't. Ooh. I would collect Nundos if I actually took the time to go through all of my Pokemon and Ivy check, but I absolutely do not do that. So I wish there was a Nundo check like there is for four star. I please Niantic. Someone's out there. You got to be listening. So many people would like it. Nundos are more rare than hundos. Yes. And more celebrated. 
well, they make people happier sometimes. Yes. I'm just saying, like, when you post one online, like, people are like, whoa, look at that. Oh, my gosh. You know what I mean? For yeah, Honda, like, yeah. yeah, you and everybody else. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I have a secret special collection that I don't talk about, but it's a collection because I refuse to transfer them if I have them. And so Uh-oh. it's just kind of like I, I don't want to lose them. And seeing that this is a family friendly show, if you know, you know, uh, and if you don't, you don't. But if it's CP is 420, I hold on to it forever. Oh, my gosh. Yep. Okay, moving on to the next voicemail. This one's from Mick. Chris and Kyle, you guys are doing a fantastic job with the podcast. Oh. Uh, My name is Mick, and I just recently became a Patreon and just love everything you guys are doing. I started playing Pokemon Go the day it came out and was really into it until about a year later. I got bored with it because I live kind of on the outskirts of the Chicago area, and there was nothing to catch that was worth catching at the time. And there was no gems in my subdivision, all that stuff. But now the game has changed radically, and I play every single day, have fun with it. i got my kids playing with it, and uh, yeah. So uh, right now I am at level 39 and trying to get to level 40 before the end of the year. I've got about 4 million experience points to go, and uh, that's I guess that's my, my big goal right now. Uh, also shooting to try to get a million Stardust, mid about 300,000, so that would be fantastic. But as with everybody, it's, it's hard not to spend it. So, um, yeah. <laughs> True. Anyways, uh, as far as Kit Kats go, I think it's incredible <laughs> that this has – become such a big conversation um and i'm of the vein if it, if it can be something to annoy people uh go for it yes I, i'm the guy that cracks open a fortune cookie and ruins the fortune before anyone can read it by like putting it in water or or chewing on it um, so that no one can ever read it ever uh, it drives people crazy so hopefully i just gave you some some ideas to drive Drive one another crazy or something like that. Anyway, yep. I could ramble on, but loving what you guys are doing and uh, really glad that I can be a part of this community. Oh, well, that was so nice. Thanks, Mick. <laughs> Appreciate that. Also, those ideas with the fortune cookie, you're brilliant. I've never even thought about that. Bad luck. Get out of here, Kyle. It's bad luck. What? You choose that? That to be the thing that you believe in? I mean, it doesn't bother me, but I'm just saying that it's bad luck because I shouldn't oh. do it. Okay, because I've seen it happen. It's bad luck. If it's your own fortune, I'm not going to bother. But if like somebody else wanted to have the fortune cookie, yeah, that's that's not a cool move. Okay, oh, not a cool uh, move. Fair enough. But what about your own? I think it would just drive people crazy that you didn't look at it. You just ate the cookie because the cookie isn't good in and of itself. You're not like you're not like ever. Man, I could really go for a fortune cookie right now. You know what I mean? Like that's not something you think. And for me, I'm just like I don't get the fortune cookie at the end, anyways. Oh, jeez. So. You monster. Oh, <laughs> okay. Uh, thanks for giving me the reversal card in Uno. Good Lord. <laughs> okay. Anyway, let's go on to our next voicemail here. Hey, Chris and Kyle. This is DeFi250. I've got my answer to the Poke Poll for you about my feelings on striving towards level 50. I'm really excited. I'm definitely an achievement hunter. I love crossing things off of a list. But I'm not going to strive to be the first person in the United States to reach level 50 by any means. I want to be able to take my time a little bit, enjoy it, and not shell out a bunch of money to do 30 raids 
and some of those other things that are a little bit more costly. I'm going to do a little bit of taking my time and just let it guide my play, but it is something I'm excited about. An update on my goal for last week is I reached 1 million Stardust today when I claimed my Season 5 GBL rewards with a star piece. Scored me a sweet 150,000 dust. Oh my god. And then my goal for next week is simply just to hit level 41. I want to take my time throughout the week, enjoy the journey, and reach level 41 next week. My question for the two of you is... What are some of your favorite TV shows? I really like The West Wing, Parks and Rec. I've also really been enjoying The Crown on Netflix. How about the two of you? Well, Kyle, do you enjoy televised shows? I have not in a little while, but I used to a lot. What's the most (laughs) recent show that you've watched and or binged that you think is worthwhile mentioning? To completion or like is partial completion okay? I mean, like by partial completion, you mean like you're eighty percent done with it, or you're like I mean, halfway like through five and committed? Three. Oh, okay, yeah, go for it. Uh, I Zombie is the most recent thing I have binge watched. Nice. <laughs> and I would not necessarily say that it's worth it, but, <laughs> but my girlfriend really likes it, so I was just watching it because she was. And more often than not, I found myself turning away from the computer to see what was actually happening instead of it going on in the background. So, <laughs> hey, uh, th- there you go. Engagement right there. <laughs> that that said, other shows I like to watch. The Flash. I know it gets uh, a lot of trash. It is not the greatest TV show, but it's dumb fun and I really like it. I haven't seen the latest season yet, but I'm planning on it. Okay. And Supernatural. I'm on the last season. That's 13 seasons, I believe. You know, um, I've heard Supernatural is good, but I I thought the demographic was not you. So It's not. It is not a show I would have traditionally watched, but I gave it a chance and it it worked. That said, Mm -hmm. if you haven't watched Supernatural, the first five seasons are really, really good. And the story ends there and you can stop and not watch any of the rest of it if you want to. (laughs) So it's well, I mean. That sounds funny, but they wrote the first five seasons as one story, and then it did so phenomenally well. They're like, all right, we'll bring it back. Oh, Cora Syndrome. So watch it. It's pretty good. Understandable. Okay. Anything else you're watching? No, but what about you? What are you watching? Okay. I don't really watch a lot of television shows, so I've just got like a couple that I, I, I keep up with. I'm currently only watching one current TV show, and it's not even really a TV show. It's just episodic at Disney Plus, and it's Mandalorian. Um, I watch yeah, that. I try to watch that weekly with my with my dad. We watch it together. It's a lot of fun. But other than that, I mean, television shows in the past that the most recent television shows that I've watched and have actually been like committed to watching all the way through is, I mean, this is two years old, but I've, I've watched every year in this year in particular. I've watched it twice all the way through. The uh, Haunting of Hill House. Yeah, I adore. I adore that miniseries so much. It's 10 episodes of th- some of the best narrative horror writing that you could ever ask for. And I cannot recommend it enough. But on top of that, a little a little dash of anime. <laughs> I, I, I still am going to say that I'm working through Naruto, even though it's come to a painful stop right before Shippuden. And I can't <laughs> I can't work my way through all of the filler like a month ago. Oh, OK, that's not that long ago. <laughs> No, 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 no. I, I pick up an episode every now and again. I'm like, oh, that's right. I'm in filler city and I don't want to skip it because I'll feel bad. And My Hero Academia, always and forever. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's, it's good. Very excited. It's good. Yep. Recommend. All right. Cool. Thank you for that. 
This next one's from Rocket Man. Hey there, Kyle and Chris. This is Rocket Man calling in as part of Team Voicemail, thanks to DeFi-E and her recruitment. Anyway, I called last week wondering how often you guys played older Pokemon titles and which ones are your favorite and whatnot. And uh, I'm going to piggyback on that and ask which one of the Nintendo handhelds throughout the years has been your favorite and why. For me, I've always had a soft spot for the Game Boy Color, especially the Kiwi one. I got that one for Christmas when the year it came out when I was younger. And uh, to this day, I still buy them and build them and sell them and do all kinds of fun stuff with them. So awesome. anyway, I just want to see if you guys, uh, how much love you had for the old retro gaming scene handheld-wise. Anyway, appreciate you guys. Uh, keep up the good work. And uh, I guess technically I'm going to be forced to do this again next week. Thanks, DeFi. <laughs> yes. Team voicemail. I love it. I do. Uh, Kyle, you got one in mind? Let me ask first. Does the Switch count? I think he meant like an older handheld. Okay. I mean, the Switch technically, I guess you could, but it's not It's not older because it's current gen right now. Let's just, that's, yeah, let's just okay, qualify. It's current gen. Okay, that's a fair argument. It's got to be the original DS for me. Really? Yeah. The Game Boy Advance is, is really close to my heart. It has a lot of my childhood spent on it, but the DS is just, it's so much better as like a console, I think, minus some touchscreen gimmicks and stuff like that. Okay. All right, I can I can respect that because my answer is the DS Lite. Okay. I liked the aesthetic of the DS Lite. I think it was a gorgeous piece of hardware, and I still think it is. I think it ages well into nowadays. It looked, it was ahead of its time design-wise, and now seems almost modern in a weird way. Yeah, I love that handheld. I thought it was beautiful, but I, I would also like to give an honorable mention to GBA because, oh man, I played the, the, that thing to death. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. But thank you for the voicemail, Rocketman. And we got uh, we got one from Mitch here. Hey, it's Mitch. Hi, Bird Puncher and voicemail. I am now a member of the voicemail squad. So here we go. Uh, I just got home from school, which was a long, arduous drive. But we're here. We stopped, a, stopped at the Grand Canyon, Cahokia. Please look that up. Very cool thing that very few people know about. They say Palkia. Oh yeah, it's surreal. It's really weird to be home. So yeah, and I have a ton of lucky friends. I have like twenty that I can trade with at home. So I'm lining them up, and it. I just found it very funny that my trip lined up so that I would be home right as it ended. So let's talk about my goals here. Uh, my old goals were to catch all of the Lake Trio, which I didn't say last episode, but I wanted to set that one. Uh, 600,000 dust, do the Nidoran, and I'll update you guys on my progress so far on the first day of going beyond. So I did get all of the, the Lake Trio. That was great. Love the Discord. Shout out. 600k dust. I'm way over that. Thanks to the end of Season 10, I got that star piece, and I'm at, I'm at about 800,000 from all this catching. Nidoran, I got... Three male shinies and two female shinies. It took ah, me like whoa. very quickly. I don't know about YouTube, but it, I was done in like three hours or something. So that was sick. And 41 plus. So I have one more goal left to get to level 41 as of 10 o'clock on the first day that it came out. I just need to do those raids and I don't have remote passes. So I got to get out and get those done. So let's see. Goals for this week. 
Um, let's do a little bit of GBL. Let's do three sets a day. How about 900,000 dust? What? And level Oof. 43. What? What? By next week. Ooh. I'm gonna, what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna blow through that. Okay. 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 Uh, and so I also want to pose a question to you guys about, uh, December community day. Uh, oh, he had two parts. I guess he hung up. Here we go. <laughs> hey, yeah, it's me again. Uh, <laughs> okay, let me ask the question and then I'll, I'll recap my goals. Um, so I find it incredibly lame that they're not including the 2018 moves for December. Okay. Community day. Uh, okay. I wonder what you guys think. Uh, I don't see a reason for them not to include it. Just it's more convenient. And if we have that 48-hour window to do it, like there being too many moves available is not an excuse, I don't feel like. I mean, it's. I think it's fine. I just don't get the reasoning of making a, a whole other event for the 2018 moves. Maybe they're just going to become in the pool, but I don't know. Okay, uh, shiny vibes all. Uh, bye. Thanks, Mitch. Okay. <laughs> well, to answer your question, I guess rewind about an hour. Uh, and there you go. <sighs> <laughs> okay. Well, it's just, I, let's just maybe they're just going to put them in the pool. Okay. Let's just maybe keep those maybe they are. positive vibes because I can't. So somebody else has to for me. Hey, you know, I got you covered, man. You know, I got you covered. <laughs> That's, true. That's why you text me. You're like, hey, man, I'm upset about this. I'm like, don't be. You're like, no, nah, I can't not be. I'm like, oh, all right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, anyway, thank you to everybody that was part of Team Voicemail this week. Really appreciate it. If you'd like to uh, send a voicemail in for next week, you can by calling into 262-586-7717. And now for just a few emails here. This first one's from Grayson. Hey, Cryo, I have an idea that Pokemon Go should do a special research for Generation 6 in the Go Beyond update. So here's what I think the research should be if they do it. The name of the research is Go Beyond. For stage one of four, you have to catch 10 Pokemon for three rare candy, battle on a raid for 1,000 Stardust, and hatch an egg for a super incubator. And the step rewards for this stage are 5,000 Stardust, an incense, and an encounter with a chess pin. I like that. I like how it rewards you for stuff that's relevant to the thing that you had to do to get there. That's awesome. Stage two of four, you have to evolve a Pokemon for a Poffin, catch 20 Pokemon using berries, and register a new Pokemon in your Pokedex for 1,000 experience. The rewards for this step would be 25 Ultra Balls, 5 Silver Pineapple Berries, and an encounter with a Fennekin. Stage three of four, win a Legendary Raid for 3 Golden Raspberries, evolve a Kalos Pokemon for 5,000 XP, and reach level 40. Stage rewards, oh my gosh, wait, hang on a sec, reach level 40 for stage three of four on this entire research, that's... That is bold. If it doesn't time out, though, I really <laughs> like this idea, actually. Uh, stage rewards for this one would be three XL candies, 50 rare candy, and an encounter with Froki. And then stage four of four, free stage, task number one, 20 Chespin candy. Number two would be 20 Fennekin candy. Number three is 20 Froki candy. And the rewards for the entire stage would be 10 golden raspberries, 10 silver pineapple berries, a shirt with Chris eating the Kit Kat and the Go Beyond hat. Hey, I'm into this already. I love that. <laughs> By the way, my fave Generation 6 Pokemon is Zygarde and Mega Rayquaza. Love that shiny. Anyways, got to go now. See ya, Grayson. I just, I like that. I like the reach level 40 right there. If it, yeah, it's just like, it's, it's, yep, the, it's the last it's, one. It's the cap and, uh, and if you're already level 40, you wouldn't think twice about it. But if you're not level 40, you'd be like, <gasps> <laughs> drop your phone. Yeah. Thanks for the email, Grayson. Next email is from Will, and they said, Hi, GoCast. I was wondering if you had any tips for reaching level 40. 
I live in the suburbs and there aren't many people to raid with in my area. Currently, I am level 32 and it's been hard to level up these past few weeks. Thanks for everything. Will. Well. So there's a couple of good answers for this. The easiest answer is friendship levels. And there's a very large community online of people who exchange gifts to get friendship levels and then just remove people. Most people only go to ultra if they're using that as their form of experience because best friends, not very efficient. It's extremely efficient. It's just too time consuming. Let's go with that. (laughs) (laughs) True. True. I would also say there's a right way to go about that and a wrong way to go about that. An example of each therein is right here. A good way to go about it is to Google you know, get, find friends for Pokemon Go and that will inevitably lead you to a Reddit thread or somewhere else where people are exchanging friend codes. A bad idea is for when your favorite content creator on Twitter makes a post and you respond only with your friend code. That will get you zero ads. Yeah. Just don't, saying. Don't do that. Don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> but there is a specific subreddit and a game press page for people to just put their friend codes on for people to add and then you can go from there. So... Another thing, though, is they just increased the bonuses for getting nice, great, and excellent throws. And it's ridiculous. Uh An excellent throw gets 1,000 experience. 2,000 right now because experience is doubled. And 4,000 if you have a lucky egg going. So if you live somewhere where there's a lot of Whalemore or Taurus or Snover, you know. Ponyta. Ponyta, maybe even a Doduo spawn. That's a really good way to get experience right now. Get good at throwing Pokeballs because I can't. So somebody else has to. (laughs) True. (laughs) In fact, at this point, raids are one of the least efficient ways of doing it unless you want to just spend a whole bunch of money. So or hit level 41 because you got to do 30 to do that. Uh, Yeah, still. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Anyway, I hope that's helpful. Will. thanks for the email. This next one's from Emma. Hi, GoCast. It's me, Emma. Hi, Emma. How's it going? I'm level 33 now. On Magmar Community Day, I got one, but on Electabuzz, I got three shinies. And I have a question. What was the best part of episode 100? I liked the trivia. Ooh. Well, I would actually probably agree. I was really working up to that trivia for a long time. I was hyping it up. I I did a lot of work on it. I might have to agree with you on this one. The trivia was the best. Also, the outtakes, maybe? Oh, the outtakes. Okay. The outtakes yeah. might actually be the best. But if you want to count the actual episode, I like the emails the most, just in general. Just getting to hear people's stories and stuff like that is the best for me. True. True. Uh, Emma wraps up her email saying, The Gen 6 Pokemon I am so, 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 so excited for is Sylveon. I've been waiting so long for it. It's my favorite evolution. Okay. Bye, GoCast. Bye, Emma. Sylveon is dope, by the Sylveon way. Sylveon is great. It's about mm-hmm. time it's in the game. Come on, let's go. <laughs> oh, great. Last email is from Tyler, and he said, hey, Bugsy and Morty. All right. Who's who? Oh, oh I'm Bugsy. I, I think you're right. I think I'm Morty. And you're Morty. <laughs> yeah. What is the most punchable bird Pokemon? Sorry for the long email. Team Magma Tyler. <laughs> Tyler. Okay. Well, Chris, we don't, yeah. we don't condone pokemon abuse on this show but no but real birds bop, 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 <laughs> bam does it have to be like an actual bird pokemon or can it just be like a pokemon with wings would that be would that qualify no i think it's most punchable bird pokemon so oh. like you know pidgeys the spiros the mm. 
the Fletchlings, the whatever, whatever you want to do. Pit uh, of, I don't know. Okay. Yeah, which which one has the most punchable face? Uh probably Spiro is a good candidate. Uh I don't know. What about Pidgeotto? Because it really needs to get a haircut. You either commit or you don't. This halfway <laughs> stuff just isn't working for me. I don't know. I think Chatot might be up there for me. Chat. Yeah. <laughs> That's an acceptable answer. What a strange question. Although I understand this is a reference to the Zoe interview. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thanks for the email there, Tyler. If you, dear listener at home, would like to be just like these fine folks and send in an email, you can do so to mail at gocastpodcast.com. Again, the voicemail line is 262-586-7717. You can visit our website for more information about our show, previous episodes, and other stuff at gocastpodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter, our most active social media account. That's at GoCast Podcast. But we also do have a Facebook. Like us on there. Just search for The GoCast Podcast. You can help support the show monetarily uh, and gain access to our cool Patreon-exclusive Discord for a minimum of $1 a month over on Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash GoCast Podcast. And quick shout out to our elite trainer tier Patrons, Cyprian, Bo, Daniel, Zek Walker, Splinteris, Andrew, Chad, Robert, and Lori. Thank you all so very, very much for your continued support. It means the absolute world to us. Thank you. Thank you. And if monetary support is not your deal or just not a good idea right now, you can still help the show without spending a dime, but by spending two minutes and leaving us a review on whatever podcatching service you might be using, such as Google Podcasts. Apple Podcasts, not Spotify yet. I'll let you all know, I promise. (laughs) Yeah, and the like. So thank you in advance for doing that. But that leads us to the end of the show, Kyle. Yeah, it does. And it's it's goals. And I'm so excited to set goals this week because you were excited to set goals this week. It's contagious. What are you going to accomplish? All right, I got goals. First and foremost, Kalos is coming out. Yep. I want at least the three starters. Okay. So that's that's one goal. I want to get to level 41. All right. Which is going to involve a bunch of raids. So it's more raids than I usually do in a week. I found out while we were recording that if nests have not changed, there's a shelter nest about 15 minutes away from me. Oh, my gosh. So I am going to go to that shelter nest this week. Okay. And if it's there, 350,000 Stardust probably. Whoa. If it's okay. not there, no Stardust goal. So that's, that's I'm putting a question mark with a circle above it. So I remember that there's something weird about it next week when I forget. And lastly, on the same, on a similar vein, 350,000 experience. 350,000 experience? Yeah. You know what? I lied. There's one more and I remembered. Okay. What is it? I want to catch at least a thousand Pokemon. Oh, okay. Are you not platinum on your metal there yet? I am not platinum on my catch metal, but it's. It's a significant amount of weight. I just decided that this is what I'm doing. So you can write right. it down. So we have record. I'm at 33,383. That's a lot of threes, man. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, out of five numbers. That's four threes. It is. Wow. Our number's cool. And I think that's five goals. That is five goals. That's five goals. I'm only setting four. So yikes. Maybe I should be more complicated, but maybe I won't this week. I want to hit level 42. By next show, I'm only 13 or 14 raids away from 41. So I think that that might be doable. I'd like to be at a total of 2.5 million Stardust. I'm at like 
2.25 right now. I powered up a Mewtwo quite a bit at max level already, so I wasted a lot of Stardust there this past week. I uh, need to stop doing that. I want to catch a Litleo because I haven't found one yet because, I mean, they come out tomorrow <laughs> for us. So, yeah, going to do that. And I'd like to hit 62.5 million experience. It means I have to get one point. 1 million experience before next episode which I think is pretty doable given the bonuses and and such so uh, I'm excited alright that's it thanks so much for listening all the way through and we'll see you all next week for episode 122 bye bye bye